You're listening to Summer School, Elevate Church's summer teaching series. If you'd like more information about Elevate Church, you can check us out online at www.elevatechurch.ms. series that we do every year called Summer School, and that's where some of the other pastors of the church uh, get a chance to teach you guys, and it's really awesome. It's a chance for Pastor Robert to get a break, and it's a chance for us to kind of stretch our legs a little bit and teach, Uh, So, because we really really like to do that. Now, today, we're going to be talking about perseverance, and let's lay a foundation. Let's start the way I think we should start with Scripture and prayer. So our main word today is coming out of Galatians 6-9. It's, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity that I've got to teach a word today, and I pray today that others would be blessed, not by the words that I say, but the words that you say through me. Lord, I thank you that you've given me this opportunity, and I thank you've brought people here so that they can be blessed today. I thank you for the way that you love us and all the wonderful things that you've done for us. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're talking about perseverance. Now, we're going to set it up a little differently. The people around me, they say, oh, you're pretty smart. No, 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 no. I just work really hard for it. I have my whole life. And so when I have to understand things, sometimes I got to compare them and sometimes I got to look at, I got to look at definitions. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to look at two words and we're going to talk about the difference between persistence and perseverance because they really are very, very different. Now, look, I teach a lot of times, and if you've been in my groups, even I've taught here, I always ended up pulling out a dictionary. And I really didn't want to do that this time, but it happened anyways. So we're going to look at the definitions of these two words. So first, perseverance. Perseverance is steadfastness in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. So it's steadfast despite achieving success. And the next definition of persistence is firm or obstinate continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. So now let's work for it. Let's break it down a little bit. So we're going to start cutting words out of here and look at what these things really mean. Perseverance is steadfastness despite delay in success. And persistence is obstinate continuance in spite of difficulty we're going to break it down one more time because we're working for it. Perseverance, steadfastness, and persistence, obstinate. So who in here has been obstinate with their parents or maybe their spouse? Did it go well? No, probably not. Y'all just make sure to tell Kathleen Rogers that she loves it when I'm obstinate with her. It's her favorite. Yeah, y'all, y'all don't, don't tell her that. Yeah, so... First, I want you to see that there's this very big just difference in tone between those two things. You know, first you've got persistence is kind of obstinate, and you've got this perseverance is steadfast. And I think a lot of times when the Bible's teaching us about people continuing on, running the race set before us, it's talking about perseverance. But the difference in those things really does come uh, to be very deeper. So let's, we've got something special today. You guys have a fill in the blank, so let's put it on the screen. If you like to take notes, we've got sheets called sermon notes, and it's perseverance isn't blank, it's blank. This is kind of the foundation of what we're going to talk about today. So if you're taking notes, our first word is persistence. 
Perseverance isn't persistence. Right? Because we looked at the definitions, we can tell that they're different. Perseverance isn't persistence, it's purposed. Perseverance isn't persistence, it's purpose. We're going to be coming back again and again to that phrase today. Because I want to really, I really want to lay down the difference between these two things. Because it will make a difference in your life. Now let me say it just a little bit differently. You don't persevere, I mean you don't, well you persevere, here we go, you persevere towards a very clear goal, right? Steadfastness despite delay and success. But you don't really persist towards anything. So persistence in itself is not really, that's not really a bad thing. But what I want you to see is that perseverance has a goal in mind. And I want you to know that if you just persist, if you just go to your job every day just because you do it, You know, if you do anything in life just because you do it and you feel like you're spinning your wheels and you don't understand why, it's not going to end well. You're going to quit. You're going to burn out. And so the way I want to talk this today is I want to tell a couple stories. I'm going to tell a story from my life, and then we're going to look at a story from the Bible to really try and spread these apart. Because I don't know about you guys, but I've, I've really used these words interchangeably a lot in my life, and I didn't know... I didn't know what I was saying. I think I've probably even tried to help people and use these words, and I didn't realize what I was saying. So first, let's tell a story from my life. Now, I want to be really, really clear. This is a tough story, and it's going to relate to some things that, that you guys may be going through. And I want you to know that my story is not your story. And more importantly, my context is not your context. I can't tell you what decision to make. I can't tell you how to feel about what you're going through. I cannot give you a definite answer on those things. Those things are between you and God. But what I want to give you with these stories today is hope. Because that's what the Bible teaches us almost above all, is hope. So my story starts almost 10 years ago when Kate and I got married. And so we got married young. And I'd never trade that for the world. I love my wife. I love our family. And I'm proud that we got married young. We were 20 and 21, still in school, scrappy. We lived in a tiny apartment. I loved every single minute of it. But we decided not to have kids yet. We said, yeah, let's, let's put it off. There's no possible way we could have kids, and that's fine. And so we waited a few years. If you know me, I was an engineer for a little while. And so I got a job at, a, at an engineering office. I worked. Things started to stabilize. And we said, okay, it's time. Let's try and have kids. And so it was a Wednesday. And I got an email at 10 a.m. I was off work that day. I took a vacation day. And the email said, your last pay period was yesterday. You need to clean out your desk tomorrow. And we need to be out of the building by Friday. No severance, no nothing. I got laid off. The company I was working at ran completely out of money. We'd actually had a meeting with the CFO the week prior, and he said, everything's fine. We got a new investor. It's perfect. And then it came crashing down on a Wednesday, a Thursday, and a Friday. We were going to start trying to have kids the next week. And that put a stop on that. And we said, we can't possibly do it. And so I floated around. I did everything I could to, uh, to provide for my family. I did jobs here and there. I sent resumes all over the state, but it still didn't stabilize. I built fences and pulled Ethernet cable. I did whatever I could. And so I ended up here, which is another thing 
that I'm amazed. You can look back at the way God moves your life, and it's incredible. You never can quite see it when you're stepping in it because sometimes you're in the forest. But it's incredible the way he put me here. So he put me here, and things started to stabilize. And we said, you know what? It's time. Let's try to have kids. And so we tried to have kids for two years. And it didn't work. And so we're adults here, and so that, that process is fun, right? People, whenever, whenever I heard people said, oh, you're trying to have kids, great, that's fun, that's exciting, that's awesome. But the thing that nobody really talks about, and the tough thing I'm going to talk about today, is the pain that comes when you don't conceive. And so every month, there's a reminder that it didn't work. And every month, it's like this knife goes deeper and it turns harder. And it gets worse and worse and worse. Your friends start to doubt if you're in a situation in your life that looks like persistence to them. They start to doubt that you should even continue. We saw doctors. The doctors started to doubt, and they said, you shouldn't continue. And I know that some of you in here have tried a lot longer than two years. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not speaking to your situation. I'm here to give you hope. So it got hard, and it got really hard for us. And the other thing is that when you see, if you're married, and even if you're in a relationship with a boyfriend or girlfriend, when you see them hurt, when you see the people around you that care, when you see the people you care about hurt, it hurts you. And so that pain extends both ways in a relationship, and it got really hard. But, but, God held up his end of the deal. So Kathleen and I, we knew And it's hard to say how we knew. Again, you can look back and see God working perfectly in your life, but when you're in the storm, it's hard to see. But we knew. We knew God had told us somehow that we were going to have at least one biological child. So we stuck through it. I think we persevered because we were working towards a goal. We had an end game in mind. We knew that we were going to have a child, at least one biological child. So we kept trying, and we kept having faith, and hope they would happen. And there's a little one-year-old girl in the back that proves that God holds up his end of the deal. That's right. So I just want you to know that the people may think you're persisting, and you may be persisting, but the trick is you need to know why you're doing what you're doing because we knew why. We knew that God had us in his hands, and we knew it was coming, and when it came, it was the sweetest thing we'd ever got. It was the sweetest gift we've ever gotten from God. So that's my story. Like I said before, my story is not your story. The point of this is to give you hope. So let's look at the Bible today. Let's look at a story from the Bible. So in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 5, God's talking to Abraham. Abraham and Sarah have a similar story, but I think it was a lot tougher. And so Genesis chapter 15, verse 5, he took him outside and said, this is God, look up at the sky and count the stars if you can even count them. And then he said, so shall your offspring be. So God's telling Abraham here, you're going to have kids. It's going to be so many you can't possibly even count it. Abraham's already pretty old, and I I imagine he had a hard time with this. But in verse 6, and he's still Abram here, he said, Abram, believe the Lord and God credited it to him as righteousness. Despite, despite the circumstances, he believed. 
So let's jump ahead six chapters to Genesis 21, verse 1. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, and he had said, as, and he did as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he promised. And then in verse 2, Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time when it was just right, at the very time God had promised him. And then verse 3, Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. So chapter 15. Abram meets with God, and God says, you're going to have a child. He's going to go on, and your name will span for generations. Six chapters pass, 21. Sarah has a child between her and Abraham, and God holds up his end of the deal. Now, when we, when we look at stories from the Bible, I think we should try to personalize them. I, I'm guilty of this, too, and have been for a long time. If I read the black and white on the page, it doesn't always translate as a person. So I want to give you some personal details about this story. It wasn't easy. They struggled along the way. At, at some points, they even laugh at God. Laugh. Ha! That's not going to happen. They struggled. But here's the thing I really want you to see. Six chapters is just a few turns of the page, right? Especially in Genesis. But in those six chapters, nearly 20 years pass. 20 years. 20 years where they had to fight tooth and nail for something that they at times didn't know was coming. But they persevered because they knew, they believed, and they had hope in the word that God had given them. Twenty years pass. But here's the trick. The story doesn't stop there. I like to think that those 20 years hardened Abraham. They gave him perspective, and it gave him the ability to do what comes next. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know if I could do what comes next. And in Genesis chapter 22, God tells Abraham, Take your dear son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I'll point out to you. Take your son, who you fought tooth and nail for for 20 years. You got him. Take him. Kill him. Kill him. And Abraham does as God commands. He packs up everything they need for a burnt offering. He brings Isaac with him, and they go to a mountain. And along the way, Isaac wonders. He asks his dad, what's going to happen? Where's the sacrifice? And the whole way, Abraham says, God will provide. God will provide. And so Abraham believed that God will provide because he'd already seen it. Because what God holds up his end of the deal. They get to the mountain, and God provides. God holds up his end of the deal. A sacrifice is provided. Isaac is spared. And Abraham goes on to have generations come from Isaac. God holds up his end of the deal. So now I know what you may be asking. You know, we've talked about persistence versus perseverance. You may be asking, well, how do I know the difference? How do I know the difference? Well, like I said before, I can't exactly tell you. But I can give you my advice. I can tell you how I've, I've walked through these things. And I think how the Bible tells us to walk through these things. There's three things I think you should do. So the first one, I think you need to pray. And so I don't know about you guys, but when my back's on the wall, when I'm struggling the most, when I feel like I'm not going anywhere, nobody around me understands, I pray. And I should pray more outside of those things, but that's when I feel like I need to talk to God the most. So if you're going through something and you can't tell, am I persevering, am I persisting, pray. 
Pray that God give you your why you're doing it. Pray that he gives you some inspiration. Pray that he helps you see a door out of that situation or the end goal of that situation. So pray. And then next, I think you should reflect. Look back. So in your life, you should look back on the situations in your life. And you really should evaluate them on the basis of why you're doing what you're doing. Don't just do something because you should. Do something and understand why you're doing it. Now, here's the trick. If this was a self-help talk, it would stop there. We wouldn't have a point three. We'd have a one and two. I don't even know. You probably wouldn't get a pray, but they may say meditate. But this is not a self-help talk, right? This is a talk about your relationship with Christ. This is to talk about if you don't have a relationship with Christ, what that looks like. And so when you reflect, I want you to know that God should be at the center of your why. It's not necessarily that God had a booming voice and he said, do this thing. Some people, some people God audibly speaks to, but that's, don't think that that may be the thing. But God needs to be the center of what you're doing. God commands us to reach those that are lost. If you've prayed for a friend that you think needs God and you just feel like you're doing it just to do it, you're not. You're doing it because you love that person and God loves that person. He's commanded us to reach those around us. So keep praying for that friend. Do what God tells you to do. So reflect. If you're not, if God is not at the center of that thing that you're doing, that thing that you don't know, if it's persistence or perseverance, you need to know what is. You need to know what it is, because if you're just persisting, like we said before, you're going to give up. And then the last thing here, well, also, if you reflect and you can't figure it out, what do we do? Go back to one. Pray. Pray, reflect. Pray, reflect. Then number three, the thing that I want to give you today is hope. Hope. So I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what the circumstances of your life are, but I want to give you some knowledge today. I want to give you the knowledge that God loves you. He has a plan for you. And more importantly, you know, Pastor Robert taught, I think it was about a month ago, he taught that God hurts when we hurt. That's something I had never attached to. And so I think God has given me this perseverance word for a long time now. And I think that 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 word that Robert gave was kind of like a board in the foundation. God hurts when we hurt. And I think that's important. It's important to understand that God doesn't just sit up on a throne and watch you in pain. He doesn't do that. God loves you. So when you have a partner that hurts, when you have a spouse, when you have a friend or a parent that hurts, you hurt with them. And when you hurt... God hurts with you. He understands your pain. And that's a hope for the believer. And so where did we start? We started in Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. God hurts with you. He knows what you're going through. And there's hope to be found in that. There was hope that me and Kathleen found going through it. There's hope that Abraham and Sarah found going through it. There's hope that people in this room have. There's something important that we want to transition to here. And so I, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't just talk about the hope that a Christian has. I need to talk about your eternal hope. 
So let's look at Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this, Paul's confident in this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What do we say? God holds up his bargain. Jesus Christ did something for all of us. He died. And when he died, he made a bargain with the world. That if you'd believe in him, that you you place your trust in him, there's hope to be had for anybody. Because if we don't have that hope in Jesus, if he doesn't cover our sins, you and I would be in a bad place. You know, all of us are sinners. All of us have done things. And Christ died to cover those things. That's the bargain. So let's, let's everybody bow, bow our heads, close our eyes. Let's talk for just a minute. There's two things that I want you guys to think about. So if you're in life and you feel like you're just in this situation and you just don't know what to do and it hurts, I know if, if it hurts, I want you to pray. I want you to ask God some something on that because he'll give it he'll give you hope maybe he'll give you a word god used in our lives he used our parents the people closest to us some of some of the only ones that knew pray that god would give you hope in those situations and think about why you're doing them you know if god isn't at the center of those things what is what should be driving you in those areas but next if you're here today and you don't have an eternal hope. If you haven't trusted God, there's a prayer I'd like you to pray with me. But it doesn't stop at a prayer. So a prayer is a way that you make a commitment with God. It's a way that you start this process. But this commitment is a lifetime commitment. It's you giving your trust in God. But if you're here today and you don't have that eternal hope, Let's pray, pray this prayer with me. Father, please forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry that I haven't made you the center of my life. Thank you for loving me and sending Christ to die for me. Amen. I just want to leave you with hope today. Let's stand together for just a second. We're about to sing a song, but I want to stand and I want to talk about it. Christ has a great love for all of us here today. And for some of us, he has pain because he has pain with us. And I want to leave you with the idea that God holds up his end of the deal. And so we're about to sing a song. And uh, the bridge here on this song says... And when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you. Jesus, you're my hope and stay. So I don't know where you are today, but I want you to know you have hope. And if you need that hope, sing this song as a prayer today. It says, Lord, I come, I confess. Give it to God. Let him help you with it.